If you're one of the many, many people living with trauma-related symptoms from abuse and neglect in childhood, I know you've had to work extra hard just to have some of the things in life that come more easily to other people. And this is called complex PTSD. And it's the kind that comes from chronic intense stress, usually, but not always, in childhood. Now you might already know that you have it. You might be learning about it, working on it, uh, doing something about it. But if you're like most people with CPTSD, overcoming those symptoms is kind of, you know, jerky. It starts and stops. When it's not getting you the healing you need, it can leave you feeling like you're stuck like this and, and maybe feeling afraid that you'll never be happy or loved or fulfilled or financially stable. And the truth is, those risks are real, but it does not have to be that way. Everything gets better when you find an approach to healing that works for you. Now granted, it's hard to know when you're first starting out on your healing what is going to work for you. But if you give up and you don't try, well, that's how people get stuck. That's how it happens. Maybe you tried some approaches to healing from trauma, but you kind of only did it halfway. Like I get letters like that from students and they say, well, I kind of sort of tried the daily practice thing you teach a couple of times, but it didn't work. And I'm like, yeah, I, I wouldn't think it would work if you didn't really do it you know, daily. <laughs> or maybe you are someone who knows what works for you and you know what steps to take, but you haven't found that power inside to keep moving forward. And I wanna talk about this today to encourage you to take your healing seriously, to double down on it so that you can heal. And I'm gonna lay out 10 things that you can do if you're ready to move forward with that right now. And obviously not all of these will apply to you, but these are the 10 things that help me and that I teach to all the people in my coaching programs and my courses. And when you've heard everything that I'm going to explain to you about them, you can pick one or two that are the most important to you and start implementing them today. I would encourage you to take the ones that without healing them have been causing you the most pain. And of those to ask yourself which ones are actually fixable for you right now. So you can pick one or two things to change in your life that will give you a win fairly quickly and with certainty know that that will make a difference, right? You probably already know a change or two that you could make that would meet this criteria. But setting a goal that is a big and easy win is a good strategy to develop confidence and positive feelings about making more changes. So number one, learn what complex PTSD is. Not just what you've heard on the internet, not just what other people say about it, and not focusing all your energy on what might be the diagnosis of the people who hurt you, that's not the same thing as understanding what's going on with you and your brain and your nervous system and learning about that, learning about dysregulation and what that does to you and about emotional dysregulation and what that does to you, how that impacts your life. And we didn't know until very recently that CPTSD is an injury to your brain and nervous system. And a lot of therapists and clinical professionals, they still don't know this. So it's especially important that you educate yourself so you can make decisions about your healing based on current knowledge. Number two, when you look at yourself and how you're doing with your healing process, 
be willing to notice some of the problems that maybe have nothing to do with trauma. Now, it's true, CPTSD can make it hard to focus. It can make it hard to be consistent. It can be hard to be kind and considerate as, as you want to be to other people. It might make it hard to stay present. And it might have damaged your relationships. It might have damaged your health. Okay, so all those things are trauma related, but everybody has a couple of problems that are just ordinary human problems. So it could be something like, you know, maybe you're often late. Uh, a lot of people struggle with that. You don't have to be traumatized. Trauma could be implicated in that, but sometimes that's one of the things that you just have. And the reason I love the problems that are just normal person problems is because they're a little easier to solve. You don't have to heal your brain necessarily to get that going. Now, it could be that you need to keep your kitchen cleaner and the whole kitchen smells like garbage all the time. And when people come over, you feel ashamed. Now, I know that trauma can drive that kind of thing, but it's also a problem that anybody might have. And it's a solvable problem. I love low-hanging fruit problems, <laughs> things that you can solve quickly and just get a little win. Number three, you can prepare to move your stories about your abuse and neglect that happened to you out of present time looping thoughts, you know, just going over and over them, and into what I call the memory bucket. Now, if you can imagine there's a bucket and there's your present time thinking and there's a memory bucket. So the present time thinking is up here and the memory bucket is here. CPTSD can trap your emotional and body reactions from old traumatic experiences up here and then keep them looping in your mind as if they're still happening. It's different than a memory. It's, it's activating all your adrenaline and cortisol and it speeds your heart rate, it scatters your thoughts and it puts your whole body in a state of stress. You can't stop thinking about it or reacting to it when you do. That's what I mean by looping. And I call it a looping thought or an electric thought. What you want is to have access to your thoughts and memories if you want to think about them, but not to be controlled by them, not to be drowning in them. An ordinary memory is one that has the trauma element deactivated. It is not electric. You remember it. You can retrieve that memory if anyone asks you a question about it. And you can remember all the same details about it, but it doesn't trigger this huge physiological and neurological response in you. It's not a stress response thing. If you had trauma, you probably have some of those looping electric thoughts that give you very, a very charged reaction to certain things, topics. And you probably also have some memories that are not charged. So when I say get ready, one thing that will help you is become open to the idea that you don't always have to be reactive toward the past. I teach a method to calm reactions and it's called the daily practice. And if you watch this channel, you've heard me talk about this a million times and I point you towards the description section under every video where there's a link to it. It's free. You can learn and try it in less than an hour and then there's more videos if you wanna go deeper into it. And it can help take the charge out of your natural stream of thoughts by helping you name and release fearful thoughts and resentful thoughts. Now I'm gonna keep teaching under the assumption that you've tried these techniques, but if you haven't, try to hear the essence of what I'm saying here. If you feel anxious 
at the thought of surrendering your fear and resentment about the world. And some people do because fear and resentment for a lot of us is a primitive form of a boundary. It's a, just like being anxious about stuff, being angry. It can feel like protection. If that's you, I would just say, do it a tiny bit of the time, do a little bit at a time, the daily practice and see what happens. And just see if when you do surrender and release your fears about something, does it incapacitate you? Does it make you a doormat? Is that your experience? It's not mine. In fact, it makes me more empowered. It makes me more clear about when something dangerous is in my presence and when I need to act on it. So you can try that for yourself just a little bit, you know, stay safe. Just try the daily practice a little bit and just check the temperature. How is it? How do you feel afterwards? You can, you can get that link down below in the description section. If you do sign up for that course, by the way, you get invited to twice monthly live Zoom calls with me. We use the techniques, I take questions. I just did a big call today. It's so much fun together. And it's a great way that people come together and find friends who are walking the same path of healing. All right, number four is to stop trying to make other people not trigger you. <laughs> so if you get very triggered by people, and pretty much everyone with complex PTSD gets triggered by people. That's what makes the connection hard for us. That's why we isolate, right? That's why we have a tendency to do that or keep people at arm's length. Those interactions get so triggering. So there's a misunderstanding that if we could just get other people to stop behaving the way they do or saying what they say or making us feel the way we feel, then we would be okay. And sometimes that's true, but it's usually not true because even if they wanted with all their hearts to stop triggering you, they probably couldn't. The trigger is in here. It's for you to work on. And anyway, most people are not willing to try to change everything for you. It's just reality. You learning how to calm your triggers is going to be more effective and easier and more empowering for you than trying to make the world around you change. Now, when you can learn to calm your triggers, you become perceptive and you can begin to tell if someone in your presence is actually a difficult person or if you're feeling triggered and having difficulty, but they're not causing that difficulty. Now, I'm sure you struggle with that question already. Is it just me or is it them? Am I being crazy or am I being a doormat? And in most cases, you're confused about that question because you have triggers. Learning to know the difference is called discernment. And that's one of the biggest things that we lose with CPTSD is that ability to discern. And when you begin to develop discernment, which you can through my writing techniques and by working with other people or a therapist or peers or a group, you can develop you know, that ability to judge what's coming from another person, what's coming from me, what am I okay with? And what a relief to be clear when you get a strong feeling that someone you meet doesn't belong in your life or something they did was a deal breaker for you versus when someone is a person you want in your life and you can see tr your triggers for what they are. You can work to make your relationship better. You can be a more trustworthy person for them by calming your triggers and have the power to do that. The other great thing about learning to calm your triggers is that you become flexible. You become able to hang out with a variety of different people. You can be in all kinds of circumstances. You don't have to be so particular and have so-called boundaries about, you know, I don't do this. I don't let people say that. You can start to be flexible 
and just let people be themselves and let life happen around you. You are safe to relax around people when you know that when you need a boundary and you need to step back from someone, you can. When you know your boundaries and you're prepared to honor them, you can be less afraid to connect with people and instead be more open to them. All the bad things that come with CPTSD, problems with relationships and focusing and balancing your emotions, your stress levels that get activated if you don't get triggered, well, so there, that's your superpower. If you were to do one thing, learn to notice when you're triggered and bring it down. Now, learning to notice dysregulation and a triggered state in yourself is a huge piece of what I teach in my coaching programs and courses. Dysregulation triggers disconnection from people and it triggers self-defeating behaviors. And when healing begins in these areas, good parts of you have room to just come shining through. Your kindness, your talents, your joy, they all have space to grow. And these are the good parts of you that were suppressed by all the trauma and locked down by your reaction to hurt and trauma. Some people are suppressed for a long time, but only because they were too dysregulated to manage stepping out of their safe zone. In the safe zone, you can't afford to connect with people or face your own mistakes, right? When you learn to calm triggers and re-regulate your emotions and brain, you can take some risks. And when you can take risks, your life grows. Now remember, this is not just to feel better. Now you do have to feel better. You need that, you deserve it. And what it gives you is an opening for the real healing to begin. And that's you becoming yourself and delivering the love and the contribution that you have to bring to the world. All right, number five, if you wanna speed your healing, stop trash talking to people who you choose to have in your life. It's very common for people who don't have CPTSD to just throw labels on people. You know, this person's a narcissist, they're toxic, they're worthless. But if you really wanna heal, if you wanna double down on your healing, I encourage you to stop using those labels on people. And instead, just start noticing whatever you call it, the thing that other people do or have that is so troubling for you. The thing to focus on is not the other person anyway, but the, the way that you get tense or you struggle around them, the way that your emotions rise up or you get dysregulated. That's the part, you know, that's the part where you actually have influence over what happens next. And you do have a right to make decisions about whether to let somebody into your life or not. So now when you're triggered by someone, instead of just telling them, oh, you're a narcissist, and therefore you should read this book I found about narcissists, because <laughs> it never goes over well, take it from me. <laughs> you can either accept that person or you can step away from the relationship. The more you recover, the more you'll be at peace with people, with the people that you do want in your life. And the more quickly that you'll be, able, you'll be willing to step away from people who you don't want in your life. Focusing on yourself is always going to be your superpower. And when you can learn, oh, this is where I get triggered, that's a powerful thing to understand. And this doesn't mean that you should just learn to put up with terrible behavior in others. You wanna be aware, you wanna be grounded and lucid and clear-headed and clear-eyed and perceptive so that you can make good decisions about how to proceed when somebody begins to treat you badly. If somebody's treating you really well, of course, you wanna be at your best. You wanna be able to open your heart and enjoy that relationship. Number six, stop clinging to bad relationships that make you miserable. Now, I have to bring this in. 
in any discussion of what it means to double down on your healing. Staying in bad relationships and hemorrhaging all your energy and your cognition to a situation where you're fighting all the time, or you're being treated in an abusive manner, or being gravely disrespected, or you're sad all the time. This will halt your healing. Now I understand there are relationships where there's an obligation or a duty as there is with dependent children or with certain other people who rely on you for care. And that may require extra effort and extra support to remove yourself from situations that are destroying your happiness and your chances of healing trauma. But whether it's simple or complicated, it's important to keep moving forward. All right, number seven is the same thing, but for jobs. Don't stay in work that makes you miserable unless your life depends on it. And there are times when we all have to do what we have to do to get the paycheck, right? But it's not forever. Don't let it be forever. If the paycheck is not the problem right now, I want you to ask yourself, is being miserable at work something you are unconsciously choosing so that you can avoid facing something else that's hard for you? And I talk about this very directly because it's something that I've had to face myself before. And there was a lot of time when I was still at the effect of CPTSD, where if I weren't miserable, I would have to notice immediately that there was this giant hole in my life where close relationships were supposed to be. I had superficial relationships. I was getting my self-esteem off the fact that I had a, a job, but I wasn't happy and I didn't like the way that I was treated. And I stayed 10 years working for an awful boss. The problem wasn't really the boss because I didn't have to stay in that job. The problem was in here. The problem was that I was accepting this unhappy lot in life in exchange for not having to make changes in my life that felt impossible for me. This was when I was a single mother and I think I would have been too scared to leave the security of that job except that one day when the recession of 2008 and 2009 got going, I didn't have a job anymore. And it wasn't an easy transition but Honestly, I'm so glad everything fell through because it was then that I started my first business, really because nobody would hire me. <laughs> it was hard to get hired back then and I had to do something and that ended up being a really happy way to earn a living for many years. And then I later transitioned to doing this to becoming Crappy Childhood Fairy, which is an even happier way to make a living. And for those of you who are, who have other extenuating circumstances that are keeping you stuck, just feel the truth of what I'm saying. Let it guide you. Don't let yourself give up on your healing. Trying doesn't always lead to success, of course, but success favors people who try. Number eight, detach from the belief that you passively, just magically attract bad people. I hear this all the time. I attract narcissists. I attract abusers. Well, Acknowledge that the issue is not really who is attracted to you, that you attract them. The issue is who you are attracted to, who you tolerate, who you date, who you sleep with and bond with. That is the problem. And that's a much better problem to have than some sort of magical occurrence that flies out of the sky. It's like, oh look, narcissists are just landing all over me, right? It may seem like that and occasionally, Exploitive people do look for vulnerable people, but most of the people problems in your life are more likely to be caused by a lack of boundaries on your part. And you don't have a red flag detector, you attach too quickly and there you are and you don't know where they came from. 
these people end up in your life because you tolerate them. You can't read the signs, you don't see the flags. Next thing you know, you live with them, you work with them, you have kids with them. So it's your tolerance, it's your boundaries, it's your red light detector that, that you need to switch to the on position if you're going to double down on your healing. I mean, troubled people will take it out of you. They will block you so bad. You have to take responsibility and accept that you are the gatekeeper of who gets into your life. All right, number nine, if you have addictive behaviors, make recovery your first priority. Alcohol, drugs, food, pornography, spending, all that stuff, your healing will get an enormous boost when you allow yourself to experience life's ups and downs and show up for it and not escape it. Now, I have CPTSD too, and I know how tempting it is to try to grab on and control things or run away from them or just get into some kind of oblivion. And it's almost universal with people with CPTSD. The urge to fly away or crawl into a hole is going to take one form or another. But if you're using anything at all to escape life's ups and downs and those feelings of disappointment and stress and emptiness and loneliness, I totally know what it's like, but if you're using something to escape, it will make healing impossible. The path toward healing always involves facing what's going wrong in your life. Even when you're perfectly healed, life is going to have ups and downs. You're going to lose friends. Big disappointments are going to happen. Outside events are going to happen. You're going to need a, a means to be able to handle what comes. Whatever approach to healing that you choose for yourself, you're going to need an easy way to self-comfort and bring yourself back out of dysregulation and into re-regulation. If you want to learn how to do it, I can teach you that all the links for the courses that I teach are down in the description section below. When you always have a way to calm your reactions and comfort yourself, you'll find it's a lot easier to overcome addictions. And that is true freedom. It's when you feel like whatever happens, I will be able to face it. All right. Number 10, sit down and ask yourself. It's just a thought exercise. And I really like this one. Ask yourself, if I really had to solve this problem, what are 10 things I could do? And I love doing this. I apply it to all kinds of problems, but it's a really good one to do about how you would heal from your complex PTSD because you actually have the answers in there, in here, right? And you just haven't had the energy or the focus or the necessity to take action on them right now. So make a list of them, 10 things. You don't have to act on them all at once or ever really, but make a list and just bring them into your, onto your radar screen. Become aware of them. Look at that list every day. The actions that you could take if you really wanted to move your healing forward. So just let them into your mind and your heart and see what happens. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my content, think about joining my membership program. You can find out more information about that and all my courses and coaching programs at crappychildhoodfairy.com. Remember, healing is possible. People with childhood PTSD can have a wonderful life. Sometimes we just need a few workarounds. I'll see you next time.